0: believe and become. Enjoy. Continuing the This Is My Story series where we are hearing the stories of people in our church family and some of the people, lesser known stories in scripture. Uh, we'll run a little bit late, so I, I don't want to take any more time from her, but Artez and Val Sims are a treasure here at VFC. Um, they are amazing. They, they do so much stuff and are so kind and Amazing. And so uh, the the Lord really impressed on me to ask Val uh, to share her story. So without any further ado, Val Simmons, would you come and share?
1: Thank you for that. Good morning, everybody. I am so excited to be able to share with you today, and it's all because of the Lord. So I just want to invite him a little bit closer right now. Father, I just thank you so much for today, God. I thank you for your presence here and allowing us to be in your presence, God. I thank you for allowing me to share my story of your goodness to me, God. And I'm just so excited to see how you're going to use it. And I just know it's going to be awesome because you're awesome. I love you. In Jesus' name, amen. My sister and I were raised between our mom and our great-grandmother. And our closest father figure was our Uncle Bill. They all worked hard to make sure that we knew we were loved we were well taken care of and that we knew about Jesus. When I was six years old, a man from the church that we were attending helped me to ask Jesus into my life. And I remember believing that Jesus died on the cross for my sins and that he rose again and heaven sounded a whole lot better than hell. (laughs) When I was five years old, I met my real father and we would write letters to each other from time to time and our relationship was a little distant. But I remember at 10 years old, I spent two weeks over the summer with him in Texas with three other my siblings. And my siblings and I, we speculated about something and I wrote my mom a letter about it. And the contents of that letter got back to my dad. And while he was confronted by two other adults, I remember standing there listening to them argue. And then in the middle of the conversation, my dad turns to me and says, she's lying. And I remember standing there really confused and thinking, my daddy just called me a liar. I'm not a liar. After that, our relationship grew distant and I grew hatred in my heart towards my dad. And I didn't want him to be a part of my life for many years. And by the grace of God, I later realized that I couldn't blame him. My relationship with my dad involved many hurting, broken people, including myself and hurting people hurt people. Through the hurts, I found a love for singing in grade school, and by the time I got to high school, that was one of the few things that I was known for. Now, I wasn't popular or anything like that, but everybody knew Valitria sings, and she is really skinny. (laughs) Many of my friends had boyfriends and girlfriends, and I remember getting set up with a boyfriend one time, but he turned out to be a prank. And I remember asking one of my friends, is there something wrong with me? Because boys weren't lining up to be my boyfriend. And he calmly replied and said, you have a really pretty face, Felitria, but your body isn't what guys want. Now, I've been picked on many times because of my weight, and I even grew to laugh at myself. But in that moment, my heart broke. And I grabbed a hold of the idea that no man would ever love me, let alone want to touch me, because my body didn't look right. When I was 16 years old, I started college, and I got my first real boyfriend, and he really liked me for me. Now, many of my friends, they were talking about having sex, and I wanted to be included in that conversation. I have a boyfriend now. I can finally prove that my body is good enough for a guy to love me. So, I pressured my boyfriend into us having sex. Yes, I pressured him. And our relationship didn't last much longer after that because I wanted to continue having sex with other guys. And it was no longer about love. It was about being in control and always trying to prove something. Through all of this time, my behavior and my attitude caused my mama a lot of hurt. And when I got pregnant at 19 years old, I thought she was going to physically hurt me. (laughs) I remember in my late teens and early 20s, I used to drink alcohol so much and go partying and clubbing with my friends. And all this time, I was still going to church because that's what you're supposed to do, right? I would pray to God and mostly for the things that I wanted and complaining about things when they didn't go my way. But I am so thankful for the many people that God placed in my life who were praying for me. Because I can look back and I can see God's protection. I graduated college with a baby on my hip, got a good-paying job, and I got my own apartment. I was grown, (laughs) y'all. And then I met a guy online in 2012. And one of the very few things that he told me, just to make sure that I knew who he was, said he was was, you can Google me. Who says that? But I Googled him. And about after two weeks of video chatting, I remember talking to one of my friends and I said, girl, this is going to sound so crazy. I don't know this dude, but something is different about him. And I feel like I'm going to marry him one day. And a year later, we moved to Thomasville, Georgia because he got a job here and. Aside from it being a culture shock, I had a really difficult time. I was pregnant with our son, and I had a three-year-old daughter, and my relationship with our Artest was pretty rocky, and my family and friends were no longer a short drive away. I remember feeling so alone a lot, but I am so thankful for the many people that God placed in both of our lives to pray for us. Oh, Jesus, thank you. Mm. A year um, after that, he convinced me to marry him. (laughs) And then a few months after we got married, I got into a misunderstanding with someone. And instead of me just letting it go, I reacted with anger and bitterness. And my spiteful words and actions made a lot of people not like me and that's saying it nicely. Things got a little rough, and me and Artez both figured we need to go to church because we need some help, so he sent me on the hunt for his church, so, <laughs> and he said, I'll join you when you find the right one, so I went, and I looked, and you know, every place was good, but no place felt like home, and then heaven touched our Google search, and VSC popped up, and Artes wanted to go with me on the first time, and when we got there, we were greeted with hugs by Miss Vicky Jackson, and the worship music was so uplifting. And the people here were so transparent about their flaws and their struggles, even the pastors. And Artez and I really appreciated that. We also really appreciated being able to clearly understand the messages, and we were able to apply it to our lives and see real change happen. And I was excited that they were not afraid to talk about the realities of the supernatural. We felt at home here, so we decided that we stick around. <laughs> Even though things started really well here at VFC, I still held on to bitterness in my heart, and one night, I decided to go to a party. Now, the Holy Spirit told me not to go, but I went anyway, and when I got there, I was filled with pride. And I did something dumb. I thought it'd be a good idea if I ate a whole chocolate chip cookie that was filled with marijuana. Now, to say that I freaked out would be an understatement. I remember making those promises to God. Y'all know the ones when you want to get out of trouble. God, if you please help me, I promise I'll never touch another drug. I don't even want to take a Tylenol, Jesus. Jesus. It's funny now, but it wasn't funny back then. And I made a fool of myself right in front of the very same people who I made to not like me. After that, I felt so embarrassed and humiliated, so afraid. And I remember feeling so low, and the enemy decided to bring every dark thing from my past and place it right on top in my mind. I felt so worthless, and I remember saying, God can never use me now i done too much. And then the suicidal thoughts kicked in. After about a week or so of living in those thoughts, I had a turning point in my life. One night I was laying on a futon in our living room and I was by myself. It was dark and I was trying to go to sleep, but I was kept up by my anxious thoughts. And I remember seeing the stove clock flashing on, and I just went up, I checked it out. But by the time I got up there, it stopped and... I lay back down, and I closed my eyes. And then I started feeling these light vibrations flowing through my body. So I opened my eyes, and I'm like checking myself out, like, am I okay? And then the light vibrations were still going. Now, by this time, supernatural experiences and things like that are not unusual to me. And we just started going back to church. So I figured maybe this is God doing something. I'm going to just go with it. So I lay back down and I closed my eyes and instantly I was surrounded by the brightest white light. And it was like the light was rushing towards me. And I remember physically feeling my body on that futon, but at the very same time, I knew I was standing somewhere else. I remember seeing a man in white coming towards me, and the closer that he got to me, those waves of warmth grew stronger and stronger, and it didn't hurt, and I wasn't scared. It felt like I was just blanketed in the greatest love I never knew existed. And as the man was walking closer to me, he was smiling, and I remember saying, that's Jesus, that's Jesus. And Jesus stood beside me and he put his left arm around my shoulders and he stretched out his right hand and he said, look. And Jesus showed me a vision and I saw myself talking to two people about Jesus and they didn't believe me. They made fun of me and they rejected me. But instead of me being offended and hurt, I stood there in boldness and I smiled and I turned away from them and I kept going to tell other people about Jesus. And then I was met by two other people who loved me, who believed me, and they walked with me. And after that vision was finished, Jesus stood right in front of me. He looked me right in my eyes and he smiled and he said, I love you, Valetria. I've already forgiven you. We've got a lot of work to do, so let's keep going. And I opened my eyes and I was just so excited and filled with joy. And the light waves were just slowly pulsing away right out of my toes. When I was with Jesus, I didn't think about all the dark things that were happening in my life or had ever been done to me. And Jesus didn't throw it in my face either. He wanted to make sure that I knew that I was loved, that I was forgiven, that I still had purpose in his eyes, and that he was going to walk with me, that I was not alone. Now, life didn't get perfect after that. I was still in the middle of the mess that I made, but my mind changed about how God viewed me and about how I viewed him. And that's where our relationship really began. Two years later, me and Artez, we've been serving in VFC and growing together and meeting really awesome people, but I didn't want them to get too close to me because I felt like if they got too close, they might find out that I was holding on to a secret struggle for many years. Even Artez didn't know, and it was affecting our marriage. I was heavily addicted to pornography. And it didn't happen overnight. I can trace back little seeds planted early in my childhood and little choices I made that led to this desire to feel something that can never be satisfied. I remember wanting to be free. And so I would cry out to God and I said, Lord, I'm ready. I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to live like this. What do I have to do? And he told me, reach out to your pastors, Jamie and Cynthia, and they'll pray for you. Very simple instructions. But my response, no, God, I can't do that. I can't do that. I've been serving in a church. They'll think I'm disgusting. They'll think I'm a hypocrite. They'll probably make me stand on stage and tell everybody. I just want to clarify, that's not what's happening right now. <laughs> but that's how I felt. And I continue trying to do it on my own. I was like, Lord, I just I'll just try to figure it out. And the demons that were assigned to keep me in that addiction, they got really happy to see that I turned away from God's way out because they got bold and they wanted to make me aware that they were there and I am not speaking metaphorically. You see, God didn't put me in that addiction and he wasn't keeping me from leaving it either. He gave me a way out because he loved me, but God wasn't going to force me out of something that a part of me was holding on to. I had to let it go. So I finally took God's advice And I reached out to Pastor Jamie and Pastor Cynthia, and they made time just for me. And they prayed for me. And for the very first time in my life, I felt heard. And I told them dark things beyond the pornography. And I just want to say thank you, Pastor Jamie and Pastor Cynthia, for real. Like, I'm so grateful for y'all. Because I left out of that office freer than I ever felt before beyond pornography. (laughs) You see... God promises to never leave us or forsake us, and God reminded me that day that I'm not alone because when he connects us with other people who have Jesus living within them, we're not alone. He fulfills that promise to us, and I have a scripture that I want to read for you. It's 1 Corinthians 10.13 in the New Living Translation. The temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. And God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure. It's crazy. We're not even alone in the temptations that we face, but the devil wants to make us think that we are. But let me tell you something. The devils may be strategic, but they are not creative. They use the same patterns over and over again and place them on different people's lives. But our God is the creator. And when he steps in, he changes the script. And he rewrites our story so beautifully. And then he connects us with other people. And the story gets gooder and gooder. <laughs> oh, thank you, Jesus. I am so grateful right now to just stand in front of you and tell you that by the grace of God, I've been free from addiction to alcohol for six years now. Thank you, Jesus. And free from all desires for pornography for three years now. And I praise God for every single second of that freedom. In my walk with the Lord, I have to be intentional. And I've learned to forgive quickly and also to quickly ask for forgiveness when I know I'm not right. Because I don't want anything standing in the way of me doing what God has called me to do. And unforgiveness is one of those huge barriers that will block that. God's even worked out a way for me to have forgiveness within my family. And my mom and my dad are here today. And I love y'all so much. I thank God for restoring my relationship with my daddy and my mom, especially. <laughs> you see, I'm no longer ashamed of my past because that's not who I am anymore. I know who I am. Jesus has given me peace in my mind to know who I belong to as well. I belong to him and my identity is found in Christ alone. There are so many hurting, broken people in this world that need to know or simply be reminded of God's love just for them and of salvation through Jesus Christ. And I pray that I am just a light for Jesus to be able to do that And I want to do that in all that I say and do. Now, I'm not perfect. I still stumble with my words and my actions from time to time. And temptations still pop up every single day. But the Holy Spirit quickly reminds me that I don't live there anymore. And that I have a choice. I can choose to eat the fruit that the world and the enemy has to offer that leads to destruction and distraction leads to nowhere. Or I can choose to follow Jesus and produce good fruit that lasts for eternity. Jesus. Lord, thank you. But also, the Lord reminds me that when I choose to do the things of the world and the enemy, it, it satisfies. It never does. It always leaves me feeling like I have to get more. I need to get more. I need to say more. I need to do more. But with Jesus it's always like, really, God? There's more? You've already given me so much. There's more? There's more that I, should, I can do, really? There's always more in the Lord. He is just so awesome, y'all. And I am so grateful um, just to be here and share my story with you all. And I just pray that you all experience your own personal relationship with Jesus Christ for yourself. There's nothing like it. He would change your life forever. Just to have a um, a relationship with God is amazing, but that's only possible when we put our faith in Jesus Christ. Now, I want to let you know that no matter what you've done, no matter how far you think you've gone, no matter how worthless you feel like you are, don't let the enemy distract you with that foolishness. Those are lies. God is not mad at you. He loves you. Anything that the enemy says, you think the opposite because that's what the real truth is, and he doesn't want you to know that because he knows if you get too close to God, you just might find out how much power you have on your side with Jesus Christ. Thank you. God loves you, and when we put our faith in Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. We are never alone. And then we have a lot of good work to do with the Lord. So let's keep going. Thank you for listening to my story. I love y'all.
0: Wow. Y'all stay standing. That was so good, Val. Thank you so much. And you and Artez are So important to this body. And you guys are too. And one of the things I love about this when we hear other people's stories is that it challenges us. There are areas of freedom that, you know, Val and others who've shared have experienced that maybe you haven't yet. You can. You can. And so I want to invite everyone, if you will, I want us to respond to what the Lord has said to us through her. Close your eyes for a moment. Ask the Holy Spirit, what is an area of my life where I need to experience freedom? What's that bounce back thought that you hear as soon as you ask that? You direct that thought towards him. Here's another one. Holy Spirit, what is the thing you've told me to do in order for me to be free that I'm putting off and I haven't done yet? What is that? What do you hear when you ask that question? Thank you, Lord Jesus. I want to pray for you guys. Just remain in this attitude of reflection. Father, I thank you so much for each and every person that's here. Lord, they are a beautiful, complicated child of God, who's also a mess. (laughs) We all are. And Lord, thank you that you love us. Thank you, Lord, that you've not given up on us. And Father, the parts of our lives, Lord, that are not where they need to be, we give you permission. We invite you in. Hey, maybe you've never, maybe you're here and you've never made Jesus Lord. Maybe you've been to church a bunch and you know the songs and you memorize some scripture, but you've never actually turned your life over like you just heard happened in this testimony. If that's you, I just, real quick, with everyone with their heads bowed and eyes closed, I just want to give you an opportunity to respond. If that's you, just raise your hand. We're going to pray with you afterwards. We're not going to parade you in front of everyone, but we are going to make sure that you know that you know that you know that you are his. If that's you this morning, raise your hand real high, and we'll give you instructions. Thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you for your love. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy. We love you so much. You're so good to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. Hey, once again, thanks for listening to the VFC podcast. If you live in the Thomasville area, we would love for you to connect with us in person. For more information about our weekly gatherings, including service times and directions, just visit us at vfcthomasville.org.